a little known film that I insist everybody should watch, um, especially if you're a fan of like 300 or whatever. Uh, Dracula 2000 or 3000? I have oh, to look is it that up. Oh, is that the one with Gerard, Gerard Butler? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes. What? So it's Dracula 2000. It came out wow. in 2000. Get it? That's why the title. I see. Um, and it has been 2,000 years since Dracula oh, came to be. God. So the idea is Dracula was basically the original, like, Judas. So it's a Y2K and... version of Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> but what a version. Um, there's there's some really intense stuff going on in there, but he is definitely the hottest Dracula at that point, at least. Like, there's the hottest Google vampire to be right on screen. To see um, Holy crap. Please. Oh, Please, my go God. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right. I'm in. You're welcome, Lydia. All I had you to do so was... welcome. Um, it's a trash film. Oh, IMDb rates it at 4.9, not even a whole 50%. Um, and I did watch it on TV because that's the kind of programming we had in the mid-2000s I in India. I did not know Gerard Butler looked <laughs> like that in the year 2000. I didn't know what? this either. This is a new Listen, thing. Listen, <laughs> you are so welcome. I know he's... That's how I remember him, because this was right around the time of, like, Phantom of the Opera, and I recognized his face. I'm like, why do I know this guy? Even though on Phantom, like, his face is right. hidden. Yeah. Like, half of it is hidden or deformed or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you're so welcome. Enjoy wow. the movie. It's hilarious. The, the <laughs> second image on Google Images is incredible. He's got long hair. Okay. Share it in the chat. Okay. Let us all see what I you're will. looking at. The one um, where he basically has what to me looks like a silk um, Victoria's Secret open nightgown. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it a, it's a good shot of him. Yeah, he just yeah. had a meltdown over Jared Butler. <laughs> I am so surprised and shocked that, Natalia, you missed that. I did. Because... I did. Honestly. Wow. Yeah, I don't know why I, I missed that because I'm... I don't know. I'm like super into vampire stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I think but... maybe that was the point where you stopped watching TV compulsively. And I was still watching TV. Because this kind of stuff was only on TV. You wouldn't like actively go get a DVD for I, this. And and I think maybe that's the reason why. Because in the around the 2000s, like I did not have a plethora of... TV channels to to kind of go through and I, I, a lot of the yeah. time I rented movies seven movies for seven dollars for seven yeah. days at this like Whoa. at Look at yeah you. at this like movie rental place <laughs> on Adelaide and <laughs> London so like nice. that's kind of where I was at or like whatever movie right. was like super inexpensive to rent so yeah I remember watching this on HBO or something see, yeah home. um okay are we ready to start? Yeah, let's do it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Why I Love This. This one is a vampire special. I'm Nandita, and I'm here with Lydia. Hi, Lydia. Hey, everyone. Are we excited to talk about vampires? I, for one, am pumped. You, you look at it. You look at it. And this is also a very special episode because we have our first guest. Hello, Natalia. Hello. How's it going? Good. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about why you're here. 
Um, who are you, Natalia? Who am I? <laughs> Isn't that the question? Indeed. An enigma. An enigma. <laughs> a wonder. A vampire enigma. The myth. <laughs> um, no, so I am here to uh, jump in into this conversation. That was the worst way to intro you, yeah. too. Because I was like, why are you here? I, I called you. Here. <laughs> I called you I'm so me. glad you are here. I know. I'm so glad you're here. Um, um, so a little bit of background. Natalia and I have known each other for nine years now. Nine, nine years? years? Get out of here. Um, Lydia, you do not know this. Natalia was my first friend in Canada. Oh, my God. A forced, forced friendship. This was definitely... <laughs> forced friendship. She. We used to famously say she talked at me for a solid week mm. and then I had no choice but to be her friend honestly but little yeah. did she know that is the only way to make friends for me yeah. mm. I need somebody else to just like bombard me with yeah. their face yeah. Yeah. um and I remember one moment distinctly I was fresh it was first week at school it was our first week and we used to sit together we used to work in the same office right and she, I did not know her that well, and I did not know that many Canadians. Mm. So she made a joke about being on drugs, and I took her seriously. <laughs> oh my god! And then I went home, and I told my parents, I'm like, people are really, like, interesting here. Like, I don't know what I'm going to... And I remember that being the most terrifying friendship of that first year, because I was like, I never know when she's not on drugs. She was never on drugs, I but I just didn't know did, that. No my idea. face is red. I didn't That's know that. Hilarious. <laughs> That's so funny. I was so astounded. I'm like, people have money for drugs here? What? <laughs> like, in Delhi, like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's an expensive habit. Anyway, um, yeah, so you're welcome. That's and so then funny. I learned what sarcasm is. <laughs> yeah, I so think, think that was the learning. We're, the learning we're on the same level I, now. I, uh, yeah. I am very sarcastic. Um, um <laughs> anyway so natalia is also um at least in my circle of friends a proper expert in vampire fiction gothic fiction um we have suffered twilight together uh-huh. for many years it was great and yeah and it's it's the defining moment of our generation at least it's, like the preteen and it, the teens. It's a defining moment. I wouldn't say the a defining, defining moment. moment, but a defining <laughs> moment. Yeah, for sure, it is one of them. Yeah, um, I guess. To, There's a lot that's happened in the last twenty years. To enjoy um, yeah. and go through the process of trying to, and I quote, read these novels mm-hmm. is an mm-hmm. adventure. Um, it's truly a lesson in English grammar. Um, and just in general English, English. Um, vocabulary, vocabulary, yeah. a lot yeah. of that. I know. Yeah, um, yeah. syntax, plot devices, everything. everything. It's just it's it's a it's an adventure for it sure. It's an adventure. Um, there's also other emotions you feel. There's a, a ton of betrayal you feel. A lot of betrayal. Um, there's <laughs> some unnecessary drama in there, um, but it was definitely a journey. Um, for sure, it was. So let's get to it. So we are going to be talking about vampires in fiction. And for the purposes of this episode, what we've done is, because there's three of us, and we all have our own obsessions, um, we tried to trim down our options for this episode, otherwise we would go on forever. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about our collective love of Twilight, first of all. And we've all separately talked about Twilight um, for hours and hours. And with the recent new book coming out, Midnight Sun, I think it's it's reinvigorated a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, dormant fans <laughs> on the internet. So there's been a lot that's been going on. And I've certainly had a slightly more pleasant COVID quarantine because of that book. Let's be honest. Yeah, all the, so, Twilight, um, fans, all the Twilight fans came out of the woodwork. I was like... What's this new book? Um, <laughs> there, yeah, it's it has now been termed uh, the Twilight Renaissance, 
And it kind of happened before the book came out. I think the book came out right at the at the right moment mm, to just celebrate the revival of the fandom. It did. Um, and then we each bring one iconic TV show, movie series, franchise, let's say, um, to this episode. And we are going to be introing some or we're going to be talking about some of our favorite bits from those shows. So, Natalia, what are you going to be talking about on this episode? So I will be talking about the uh, famous, I don't know actually if it's famous. It's famous, famous, the infamous, infamous. the hbo Well, I guess, yeah, yes. the HBO version <laughs> of vampires. So True Blood. Yeah. Um, oh, it yeah. was a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful reimagining of mm-hmm. the relationship between humans and vampires and werewolves and fairies and old-timey goddesses and yeah Mm. brujas man and um, shifters and oh um, there's shifters yeah and i think that's it for fantastical (laughs) creatures um but (laughs) yeah it was a wonderful mix of um individuals in a very sexualized and bloody and violent show and it was wonderful you know because vampires are sexy there's eric northman yes please (laughs) i know i know i know um we'll get to that in a bit and natasha sorry lydia is gonna be talking about vampire diaries the the vampire diaries the Vampire TBD, Diaries. TBD, so, as they say in the fandom. So, very quickly, Lydia, tell us how you got to Vampire Diaries. Well, it was actually recommended to me, and, you know, Nandita and I were talking about our ideas for this podcast, and we knew we wanted to talk about vampires. And The Vampire Diaries was one of those shows that I never started up. Mostly because... Because of prejudice and preconceived <laughs> notions. Yeah. Mostly because I thought it was a Twilight copycat. So uh-huh. I think when I was in high school, I watched the first episode of Vampire Diaries. And I was like, what is this? This is just mm. Twilight. It's just Twilight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reimagined. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Little did I know, <sighs> the Vampire Diaries, the books, came out long mm-hmm. before the Twilight series. So, yes, indeed. And that's shocking thinking, information that I just learned isn't it? a few minutes ago. <laughs> well, <laughs> isn't that wild? It's for those wild. Of you guys, it's, for those of well, you who don't know, that's we'll, how We'll see how wild that is because when we talk about, um, what's her face? Stephanie Myers and how she constructed the whole series. Uh, she borrows from a lot. Like those books so are essentially like a... Almost a pastiche. They're not a pastiche, but she borrows a lot of like classical forms from Jane Austen, like classic literature like that. Um, And she subverts it. And even the tropes of like vampire fiction, and we'll talk about that in a bit, she does switch that up a lot also. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Twilight, huh? The novel came out in Mm -hmm. 2005. Yes. True Blood. The book came out in 2001. Yes. I'm just catching on right now. <laughs> yes. Everything happened before Twilight. It's amazing. Yeah. It's... So the, the Vampire Diaries books came out in 1991 and then have been coming out for a yes. bit. Because there's like multiple series, right, Lydia? Yes. Um, yeah. 
She copied everything. Like, can you actually believe? Can you actually believe that that the Vampire Diaries, the first book, came out like fifteen years before the first that's, Twilight book? That's absolutely insane. That's madness. So truly, what mm. the Twilight novels are is just basically a lesson mm. in if I can just copy just enough, mm-hmm. I won't get sued. But I will have a hit on my hands that will eventually result in some movies <laughs> that Kristen Stewart right. and Robin Pattinson will star in. Mm-hmm. Right. And I will make millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. This, they don't teach you about this. This should be yeah. studied. <laughs> this should be studied at a business school. But this needs to be done. Do you guys know the history of how she went about it, though? Like, this was initially... This is the first thing she ever wrote professionally. Um, she went to school for English literature, and then she was a homemaker, you know? She was a mom. And there's that whole infamous story of how she got, like, the, the meadow scene in a dream, and then that's mm-hmm. where she was like, oh my god, this is so cool, I got goosebumps, and I want to write about this right now. And then she worked backwards and started building the story. Um, and the... The way that I remember witnessing all of this happen at that time, and by the time I mean I read all the books in around 2008 or 2009, I was late to it in comparison to people who, you know, were part of the fandom already. Um, I did read the books after the first movie came out. She put it up on a blog. She had her own website. And she had a solid fan base of readers. And so she would petition or she would campaign amongst them to release every new chapter or something like that. And then she would have them campaign on her behalf of getting a book deal. And then later on, once the book was out, the book got optioned and like, you know, a bunch of like different huge studios tried to get a hold of it. And then the whole casting process started by the time she was already a couple books in uh, of publishing them. And so that's she did solid marketing for those books. And when you when you talk about like copying stuff, um, she essentially copied the genre, the style. Um, it had a bunch of different things mixed up in it. The vampire genre, obviously. Um, the monster is sexy now mm-hmm. because she's writing for preteens. Um, she copied the Harlequin romance format, mm-hmm. where you know, like the the protagonist is a girl, mm-hmm. and there's a fair bit of male gaze, like she's being looked upon by the male love interest or whatever, and so a lot of that is filtered down for the reader through the perspective of the guy, and also from the perspective of the girl, and then she flipped that as well. So she turned this into like a first person account where the girl is witnessing herself being all these you know amazing things from the perspective of the guy. Um, so she would take all of this stuff, like she took the vampire and from a sexy, like scary monster to just being shiny and sexy or glittery and sexy. She flipped a bunch of that stuff and that's she. that was great marketing, honestly. Like she truly made it the mall version of classic literature, like gothic literature. Yep. Anyway. And how many, yeah. how many people do you know that read all of those books like The Vampire Diaries and True Blood after Twilight? I did. I read all of them after Twilight. Exactly. So that's that's a great point. Yeah. Right. It revived the whole genre. It, really it revived did. the whole it did. yeah. Because I don't know anyone fiction. that started off watching no. or it was a very small subset of like fans. It I mean was like, to, Twilight was first and it kickstarted everything. Yeah. <laughs> it did. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, I know not very many people that have even read Twilight. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the biggest problem that Me I either. have. Let's be honest. Um, let alone any of, yeah. I don't know. Um, that is very eye-opening for me because I did not know that I never really thought about looking into it to be honest with you because I just I'm like yeah they're kind of the same like it is what it is I'm not really studying Mm -hmm. this at this point this is just like it's it's like reading a magazine (laughs) it's like a reading a magazine and I'm just reading it and it's just going in one ear out the other because there's nothing to study in here like especially Twilight it's Mm. It makes me angry. It makes me angry. It just... I am so glad you said that, because what you just said made me angry, because there is a whole division of, like, popular culture studies that looks into this stuff. I, as as a literature student, I just would Mm -hmm. never spend time studying this, because to me, personally, it's not something that I'd be interested in studying, but... No. It's a great way to pass some time. You're like... Oh, yeah. You know, you just you need a break from whatever you're doing. You read a chapter, right. then maybe two, and then eight hours later, you're done with the book because it literally takes yeah. eight hours to read it. It's so quick. Yeah. All that complex imagery, all the complex vocabulary. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so to sort of put the young adult vampire situation... Um, or to complete that circle, um, I'm going to be talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, it was a foundational piece of young adult TV that I was watching. I was, I remember, I think I was like nine years old when I first watched that show. It used to be on TV a lot. This was the evening time slot where everything was on right after school. And it just looked super badass. Mm-hmm. And with a great opening segment of that killer song, everything was so cool about it. Um, and I religiously watched it for the majority of my childhood (laughs) it sounds really awful because it is super dark um but also comedic at moments it was a classic high school show um with a cool twist a cool supernatural twist yeah i was the same way i watched it every day after school that's how i started watching buffy yeah um i have heard now that people were annoyed the hell out of buffy herself um but I don't know. I just love the show. Oh, uh, so, great. yeah. That's so great. that'd be interesting to see, like, the 90s vampire fiction versus early 2000s versus, you know, what's happened since. Because they literally will not end. Yeah. They keep coming back with more reboots and books and spinoffs and everything else. So let's take a moment to talk about vampires in general. So vampires have been around for a long time. Natalia, what have you read any vampire fiction as part of your schoolwork? Because you studied English literature or gothic literature specifically, because that's a, that's a favorite mm-hmm. of yours. Yeah. Um. So I, honestly, Dracula. Um. Mm-hmm. That that was, I think, the main book that I read. Um. Okay. And I loved it. Like I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was um. It was just really up my alley. Um. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it was honestly, it was a long time ago. It was like a really yeah. long time ago. <laughs> um, yeah. But I remember loving it. I remember, you know, going through the book actually quite quickly, um, mm-hmm. which for me, if I'm really into uh, a novel, it I can, I will fully not eat, drink. I will not sleep until that oh, book yeah. is finished. It just, it just kind of takes over. Um, so Dracula was like that type of book, which, so I, I really loved it. Um, Mm. 
besides that, besides that particular book, which I did study, any other like vampire-y kind of novel was Twilight, actually. Like that that oh, set yeah. it that series. <laughs> and then outside of that, nothing else. Like fully nothing. just like nothing, nothing else. else. But I have watched <laughs> all of the vampire things. All of them, except apparently yeah. Vamp. Oh, what is it? Dracula two thousand. That seems to be Dracula two thousand. <laughs> seems to be one I did not watch. But yeah, so yeah, definitely on yeah. the Twilight series. All of you know, watched all of those. Watched yeah. recently, I did um, watch all of the True Blood series. Um, like I, yeah, definitely Vampire Diaries. Um, I mm. watched the original Buffy the Buffy the Vampire movie. And yeah. the show. And the, the TV show. Yeah, wow, like, look at you. I just, all of those well, things. Well, so let's, let's dive into it. What does the vampire look like in Dracula? Or what is it described as in Dracula? Like, this is supposed to be like the original evil figure, right? Like, there's some dark origin story there, but he has traversed the earth in search of his one true love. Isn't that kind of the point? And then, like, he does a bunch of questionable stuff and starts haunting this very young, very impressionable girl. Isn't that the basic plot? I remember the movie. And that's what happened in the movie. It was a very sexy Gary Oldman who was chasing after a very young Winona Ryder. And Keanu Reeves was also there. <laughs> that's so funny. And at one point, Gary Oldman turns into Mist and, uh, you know, attacks her best friend, Lucy, or something. Right. And so that was the first time I remember seeing some sort of, like, sexy representation of, like, a beast. And I was very confused. Also, the movie came out in 92. So I'm thinking I watched it for the first time in the mid-90s. And I did not know what the fuck was going on. I was just really confused. I was like, I'm, I thought he was the bad guy. I don't get it. Why does she love him? It, it is kind of funny. I think that there has been... I think the characters... The names of the characters and the general ideas stay the same. No matter kind of yeah. where you go. And maybe not so right. much now a days in the way we think of vampires but but no actually you know what i take that back i think it's the same it's we have this idea of like something evil something shape-shifting something that is unnatural mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. see darkness in it but at the same mm -hmm. time i think uh just like he, the human takes over uh, at some points and, yeah. we and then there's redemption and then there's redemption we feel bad we have mm -hmm. empathy uh sympathy like all of these things and and so we just kind mm -hmm. of and are always in this middle ground of like being scared and also being in love with or appreciating right. or just having feelings just feelings even in general mm -hmm. so i think that kind of carries in carries through um from the novel to from right. the original novel and to now to whatever we're seeing now in in vampires right right that's so interesting because i think like that speaks to the general idea of the monster like the misunderstood monster yeah. uh, -huh. uh you know frankenstein's monster everything like all the classic literature yeah. um in horror and then moving forward well the the dracula and the classic dracula was based off of vlad the impaler <laughs> who was infamous for like draining subjects who had wronged him or whatever or that he was trying to punish um, and then he, he impaled them uh, in his, like, I don't know, like the, the wall around his fort or something like that for all the commoners to see. Um, and so and also like so they basically thought that was super sexy and used uh -huh. his likeness to, you know, draw up the character of Dracula. OK, let's jump to the 90s, the vampire in Buffy. Like, I feel like the vampire in Buffy 
Um, I don't remember what they look like in the movie. I remember the movie being a little bit off-brand, to be honest, from what the original vision for Joss Whedon was. It had turned it into a more popular kind of comedic kind of movie. Mm. Um, but the show really, really dives into the, the dark elements of this classic figure, you know? And so the vampires actually look super scary. Yeah, they Like, they have scary. this weird, creepy, beastly nest to them mm-hmm. the moment they turn on vampire mode. And so... I do remember seeing that. And they do have those classic things of, like, actual fangs when they're, like, sucking your blood. Yeah. Or giving you death hickeys or whatever. Um, and then... And their whole face changes, too, right? Their whole face yeah, changes, like, yeah. yeah. They yeah. fully turn into beasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or demons, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, such a cool concept. And then, ten years down the line, Twilight happened. And with that came the resurgence of all of this other vampire fiction that had been around for a while and so let's talk about the vampire in twilight how is that different from everything else we've discussed so far well i think twilight definitely pushed the sexy vibe that vampires are hot <laughs> and fast what and whatever do you mean <laughs> and the one fact has remained they are always at least 100 years old at least, no yeah. matter what. At least. Um, I know. It's not sexy if it's like a regular age range. No. no. He has to have lived to be through least... several plagues. He has had, yeah. you know, he's got to have a life and yeah. at least 100 Even years Even though he's sexy, him. there has to be that hint of decrepitness. Oh, for like, sure. Like, you have to know that yeah. he's rotting on the he, inside. Yeah, yes. He has had quite the immortal life so far. Existence, I should mm-hmm. say, and you know, whatever um, girl wants. <laughs> so, so yeah, the the fact remains in Twilight that they're very fast and they do have fangs, but they only seem to, or they don't have fangs. They do not. They, I don't think they have fangs. No, they, they just have, have sharp teeth. Yeah, they don't have fangs. They just have really sexy teeth. They yeah. do have sexy teeth. They have very nice white teeth. <laughs> they have dazzling yeah, teeth. Yeah, it's like yeah. white. It's like very like perfect teeth. Yeah, and then yeah. Um, I think their whole thing in Twilight is like the more attractive you are, the more you can mm. lure in your yeah your your brain. Br- your brain. <laughs> um, and she does she does flip a lot of like archetypes though. Like there's nothing to do with garlic. They just don't like food. Mm-hmm. How convenient. Yeah. Um, crosses don't affect them, which I was disappointed by because I was like I want some you know classic elements in there. And the sun doesn't bother them. They only hide from the sun because they don't want to be noticed. Mm-hmm. Which, cool. They're all emo. Yeah, it. It, they don't burst into flames or anything if they go out into the sun. Mm. They just, mm. you know, sparkle. It's just, yeah. it's just a very PG version. It is of a, of it's a very vampire. PG. <laughs> it really is. It I is. I think that's the beyond not- end all. Yeah. So compared to the others so far, like there's not a lot of evil that's going on. They're just like really narcissistic, I guess. Mm. Like that's their idea there. Um they don't sleep, they don't eat. That's another thing. They don't drink, yeah. they don't yeah. do anything. So keeping that in mind, let's talk about the vampires in True Blood. Um they aside from being sexy, obviously I think that's a given. Mm-hmm. Um what's going on with the vampires? Like the depiction of vampires in True Blood. Yeah, so so they definitely have fangs that they that they retract and they come out when they get excited because they're polite. Like yeah, that. they're polite yeah, like yeah. that when they get excited or when they get aggressive, um, which somehow is also when the beast within takes exactly over. when yeah. they get sexually aroused. Um, it just seems to be like as is natural. As is natural. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, so their yeah. little fangs come out. And I always enjoyed the clicking noise of when they came out. <laughs> it was something so, I don't know, I really... It's like a little button yeah, that just like, like you know, just like, and then there they are. It was yeah. satisfying. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. It was, it was satisfying. Um, but so yeah, they have fangs. They can run really fast. And, but the interesting yeah. thing with them, so we have the Twilight characters that have these um, kind of unnatural abilities. They can all run fast. They can all, you know, pull up trees and rocks and they can all climb really fast. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. They can do everything really fast. But mm-hmm. in, in True Blood, the vampires, kind, they get stronger with age. So there's this idea that, like, as a young vampire, yeah, you're strong, and yeah, you can run fast and, like, whatever, but you're never as strong as your oldest vampire. So a vampire like Eric Northman, who is a thousand years old, will be just so much better than your Bill Vampire Bill, Bill Compton, who was made a vampire in 1865. You know, he was, like, a hundred and some he's a yeah he's, a, he's yeah. like a little baby vampire and not even that and then so we have this kind of you get stronger with mm. age so i found that interesting that makes so much more sense because that is the exact opposite of what happens on twilight exactly because you know the young vampires because of some bullshit chemistry that she came up with yeah um <laughs> they're so much stronger than everybody else who has literal hundreds of years more experience than you do exactly and somehow they're like closer to being dust like yeah, no but that but that's it. That's exactly it. In Twilight, yeah. um, the older you are, the closer you are to dying, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I found that interesting. And um, in in True Blood, the vampires are that's so cool. are also like very um, aggressive. Like they are very much yeah. non-human, and the more they live with, there, there's this idea of the nest or the coven or whatever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. the nest. I think maybe it's what they call it. Um, when multiple vampires live together, they call it a nest. And the more they live with each other, yeah. the more evil they become, the more inhumane, and and you see that happening later on in in the seasons when, um, when they have the the authority um which is like the all vampire authority who's making all the rules um when the the authority all lives together they live in a nest and they start Uh to have these kind of really weird visions alpha situations going on not really it's more like they start to have like these weird visions because they start to drink the blood of um of what's her face um what's lilith the blood of lilith Okay. who ends up being the, okay. the first vampire so then the first time oh i remember yeah that. so they start yeah. drinking her blood and they get these like weird so visions. they channel this higher power exactly for their kind exactly okay. but it you know it turns out to just be all nonsense but the at the end of the day it's the <laughs> vampires they're just they're, exactly they're high like vampires living yeah. together is bad because they lose a lot of their humanity and mm. they see um they see humans as as prey as animal um so, so yeah it was it was a racist cult that's that's what that becomes like if they are too insular because yeah. that's what i saw that as like when lilith comes around there's like this whole other organization yeah. that's manipulating you know and eric northman and bill compton and all these like other people yeah. around like the kings or whatever of their mm-hmm. regions i guess 
That is so interesting. Yeah, so that's politics. Yeah, it's politics. They they bring in (laughs) politics, but yeah. But going back to them being as being vampires, yeah. So they have, Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely more aggressive, more violent, um, more. They prey more, um, and they're very sexual, like very sexual beings. So they love sex. They're so bored, Natalia. There's nothing else to do. And that might be it. You've been around for thousands of years. That might be it, but yeah, they're very <laughs> sexualized, and I just, you know, yeah. I, I think that, but that, that's, I don't know if that's just HBO being HBO, or if that was yeah. supposed to be, like, part so. of their makeup, but I think it's HBO being no, HBO. No, but I think that's part of it, because they are, they tempt you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's the fair. idea of the vampire, because he's this dark force that tempts you mm-hmm. out of your proper femininess or whatever. Right. So they just translate that into like the 2000s HBO version, which is heightened yeah. sexuality, like a lot more yeah. and a lot more dubious stuff going on. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I found really interesting that I think ties True Blood with our third series, um, Vampire Diaries, is the idea of the sire bond or whatever. So like the person that cr- mm. the vampire that one vampire creates is bound to them uh, yeah. through some connection or whatever. And that translates to Vampire Diaries also, right? It does. So in, yeah, so in the Vampire Diaries, there is sire bonding, but it's not, it's very rare. Um, Mm. And sire bonding usually happens with original vampires when they create hybrids, which is a mixture of vampire and werewolf. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's so specific. (laughs) It's highly specific. I, I could go on and on about the specifics about the Vampire Diaries. I don't know if we'll get into that, but that is the sire yeah. bonding. Summary. Oh, yeah. Well, never mind. Let's just let's just you know take a U turn real quick and come back to the depiction of vampires in yeah. Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Um, what? So they're also sexy, obviously, and there's been tons of merchandise exploiting their faces. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But what do you think is the depiction of vampires on there in comparison to maybe Twilight or other stuff that you've read or watched? So, so yeah, sunlight is definitely their enemy. They mm-hmm. wear special rings that are crafted by witches, Ooh, and it only right. works for the vampire it's made for. So if they were to switch Ooh. rings or it wouldn't work, they would right. literally... Uh, combust. Combust. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and that is, um, so yeah, that's one thing. And um, they do have fangs, but they only come out when they're f- about to feed or are hungry. And mm. they're also super hot, very fast, very strong. And similar to that of True Blood, they are stronger the older they get. So a young cool. vampire is weak. And an older vampire is strong. And mm-hmm. an interesting thing about the vampire dyers is they can compel people. So oh. they can stare into a person's eyes, human eyes, <laughs> mm-hmm. and can tell them to do things, to forget things, to mm-hmm. walk away, to run away, to jump off a cliff. And the humans will mm-hmm. do it. So they can compel people, they can control people, which is interesting. Um... Also, uh, blood sharing is a super Ew. sexy slash intimate thing <laughs> where, um, like if you are, uh, sucking someone's blood just for fun, that's like, that's like a, that's an intimate thing. It's just, okay. Yeah. So, um. Okay. 
I feel like there's a lot of like classic elements there too, like because yeah. like both in True Blood and Vampire Diaries, like I... it's supposed to be the whole thing of like a vampire cannot enter your house without your permission yeah, or I forgot your invitation. About that. And same with yeah. the that kind of the, stuff. the I forgot to mention this the the whole like combusting into fire like there was the <laughs> one of my favorite scenes my favorite episode my favorite too. <laughs> favorite moment is when eric northman is lounging yeah. naked on this <laughs> on a beach chair but one could only assume in the middle of northern sweden just lounging yeah. taking in the sun and then all of a sudden he bursts into flames and I'm like, that is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, so there's that whole idea. And the same with um, compelling. So in True Blood, it's called glamoring. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's a, that same idea, like forgetting, doing, just whatever. And um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and just sharing. You can have like your partner, you can have like a, what is it called? A companion. Um, so a vampire mm-hmm. has a companion that is that is there to serve them um in in you know in in feeding so they can feed on mm-hmm. on specific humans so there yeah and same there's so much i think more in common with right. with vampire diaries than with twilight twilight i think is just like let's yeah. make them nice let's just make yeah. them nice yeah. and cute and like well, it's a good time I think they did that. They did that with uh, oh, he mesmerizes you with his dazzling smile. Like they turned it. They put a sexy twist they on did. it, where it's like, oh, it's just like attraction it's to attraction, this person yeah. that I will do whatever he tells me to do because I love him. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't really put the whole like the evil side of things where this person is brainwashing. Yeah. You. Sorry. An interesting thing about yeah. True Blood is because I had no idea of the story, and I've only seen the first two episodes, so I'm very new to True mm. Blood, but. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting the whole society that they have and how vampires are out. Yeah, like everyone. They're not hidden creatures. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was so interesting because normally mm-hmm. they walk around in secret, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I thought that was very cool, like how the humans interact yeah. with the vampires and vice versa. I think there's probably there's probably something political there because it's also set in the south, mm-hmm. yeah, USA. And th- so I think it it does tie in a lot of it. Like, yeah, it ties. It definitely ties region, yeah. into that, and also just in in you know thinking about the context of the year and just also a lot of the things mm. that they mention, which is you know. Um, human and vampire marriage rights. Um, you right. know, mm-hmm. they have like mm-hmm. these, um, the laws protecting um, these families, and like it basically, it's kind of like a stand-in for the um, the LGBTQ plus community. So, right. so it's kind of interesting because they do try and try. They're basically having this group be a stand-in because there's also race Mm -hmm. there's definitely like very overt racist um ideas going you know in the southern small southern town and you have like a new group of people whatever so um Mm -hmm. you have basically vampires as a stand-in for all this negative attention that some communities face in a non-fiction world yeah yeah for sure I don't remember a whole lot about, like, the vampire depiction, aside from the physical stuff in Buffy. Because I don't know, like, there's obviously the garlic and the sunlight stuff. Yeah. Like, and then there's a very, 
um, biblical twist also on, you know, they're supposed to be demons from hell. Yeah. And so they're essentially soulless. Yeah. And that's where a, a lot of the drama comes in from the lead, like the male lead in the beginning, where he is the only vampire with an actual soul. Angel? And so that's right? why he's a little bit more humanized. So Angel had a soul in yeah. the beginning of the show. And then stuff happens. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get to that if we get to it. But it's a super interesting allegory for, like, teen sexual relations. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, I don't really remember a lot of the mesmer stuff or, like, the, the glamouring no, and all either. that kind of stuff in Buffy. Yeah, Because the, the focus was her, definitely. Yeah, and, the, yeah. and the main thing was, like, let's kill these vampires. Yeah. So yes. um, <laughs> I think, if anything, we learned... Mm-hmm of the ways you can kill vampires in Buffy because that was the most important thing. Amazing. All right. I think that brings us to the lead characters. Do you guys want to jump in? Yeah, let's jump in. Yeah. All right. So with, with the collection of these four, uh, you know, franchises that we have here, I definitely see um, a few groupings and correct me if, uh, well, let's see. Buffy, I think is an outlier. Um, she's one of the classic sort of hero archetypes where she's the reluctant hero. Yeah. She knows that she's been chosen for this greater purpose. And so she's been given those powers. There's, it's almost like mythical where she's stronger than everybody else because she has this bigger role to play. And she's fighting, like literally fighting the forces of evil. And she's also a teenage girl. So I remember uh, reading Joss Whedon's like blog at some point or something where he had talked about conceptualizing that idea of Buffy where he wanted this image, I think it was the opening shot in the film, definitely in the show, where uh, there's this like dainty blonde girl, like she's clearly like a cheerleader in school. Um, and the idea of like this lone feminine figure who looks kind of like a damsel in distress, except she's so freaking powerful mm-hmm. and you just didn't know. So he flips it and he wanted her to be the heroine of the show because um, it went against everything um, that was on TV at that point when it came to the whole damsel in distress figure. But I definitely see her as an outlier because she doesn't choose this for herself. She comes to terms with it. Yeah. Um, she's already been given this superpower. She doesn't really become, uh, you know, she doesn't really join into that or chooses it for herself. Um, especially because a man gave it to her. Yeah. Let's be and honest. And I, I feel like it, it's also just a full-on outlier because it is about a strong woman. Like, yeah. it's not you know she's from not the start. from it's the not start about, she's yeah. not being manipulated yeah. um no there isn't a 150 year old pervert <laughs> you know trying to seduce her like i think yeah it's, she, telling her he'd give her a better life yeah she yeah. sees through all yeah. of it and she kind of is understanding of of what yeah. is reality so and in comparison like true blood we have suke who is who is a you know a young telepath um mm-hmm. who has you know there's clearly this idea that she's something else yeah. that she's trying to figure out once they say like who what are you they keep asking her what are you and she keeps saying a waitress um mm-hmm. but there's definitely this fantasticalness about her telepathic abilities but also sometimes she has to fight for her life and she's able to um but it's not she doesn't seem strong like she seems strong but she doesn't because it seems like she's falling into this very male predatory like 
you know, yeah. protection. Like, there's always a male always has to be there to protect her, and the male is right. always a a fantastical creature, whether that is a vampire, a shifter, or a werewolf, mm-hmm. or sometimes mm-hmm. like a witch. You know, um, a witch. Some a yeah, something <laughs> always has to protect this like very damsel in distress. And she's literally yeah. a fairy. She's literally a fairy. I know. Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. But still, like, it just, it's kind of... But I like I like what you said, because she is definitely the othered figure in the beginning. Yeah. Because she's socially isolated, mm-hmm. because she feels creeped out, because she can hear people's thoughts. So that's the, I think that's when the first episode exactly. begins. She can never really have a, a meaningful connection with people, because she can literally read their yeah. minds, yeah. and she's creeped out yeah. by it. And so... The only reason he can't, she can't, or she connects with Bill Compton or whoever, mm-hmm. is because they are literally dead. They're, yeah, and so she can't read their minds, yeah. and she's like, "Who is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's who I need in my life." <laughs> Someone with no brainwaves, um, like what? <laughs> man, man. So yeah, let's talk about Elena and I don't yeah. know if you think that Elena and uh, Bella from Twilight are comparable lead characters i think they Um, i think they are in a way but um i would say bella (laughs) (laughs) deliberately puts herself in danger yeah elena was already in danger yes Um, oh that's a smart so that's uh that's the big distinction um and these vampires do come along um Mm -hmm. but she was always going to be in danger vampires being there or not being there. Um, mm-hmm. So she's... <laughs> uh, it's so... It's such a tangled story. <laughs> but the main also thing is... it's super fresh for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get it. So get I'm going to put it into to simple terms. She has an evil mm-hmm. twin, basically. Basically. Yeah. She's a doppelganger, yeah. and mm-hmm. she... Her life is at risk because of it and because of all the things going on. Mm. There's also this clan of original vampires, the first mm. vampires uh, that were ever made. And so there's a lot of threats. Yeah. Mm. Bella could just as easily <laughs> step away from this very toxic I know, person just live her freaking life. And live her life. Um, but she refused. <laughs> she insisted. Also, Elena's humanity is very important in the show. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Bella doesn't give a shit about her humanity. Yeah. She just wants to be a vampire. <laughs> so she, she can be with her boyfriend. Her with Edward. Yep, she wants to spend the I rest know. of her life with She's Edward. Just a, That's her goal. An angsty, emo, suicidal... Yes creep absolutely and then elena is like i don't want to be a vampire i want to live Mm. my life i want to have children i want to Mm. um be empathetic i don't want to be undead that's not something so yeah um yeah that is the main distinction but so she is definitely an empowered you know lead character as well for sure i feel like that too um, yeah and i think all three of these are you know quite different from bella Let's let's take let's take a moment to decode Bella uh, for a second. How can either how can you or is it too easy? I don't know. <laughs> That's I a think great both because question. may I may I offer a a televisual comparison? Do you remember Anne from Arrested Development? Yes. Her egg. egg. Yeah. Egg. Plant. Plant. <laughs> 
Um, no, that's not fair. Um, <laughs> so the idea behind Bella, I think it kind of comes from, again, Harlequin romances where the lead character is a very everyday person. It's somebody that's sort of like a, a an outline of a person that you can project yourself onto. And it's taken to the extreme degree in Twilight where every teenage girl can see herself in Bella because she has no defining personality. It's no. true. There's true. no, you know, with... Vampire Diaries, like, Elena's getting over a very real tragedy, like, yeah. a tough tragedy, yeah. and that's her othering moment. Like, that's why she's different from the crowd, because she's very clearly in mourning, mm-hmm. but, and she's trying to figure her life and out. And she's, she's also, been, like, a yeah. strong character. And I would say yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah. that's why I don't think that they're that comparable, is because Elena knows herself, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, she she's, sure. she's very she, self-aware. Sure. Very yeah. self-aware, and I yeah. appreciate that. I meant that. in, like, supernatural abilities. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But again, we go back to Bella, and it's like, it's like, what do you want, girl? Yeah, like, do you you know? What's your deal? You move, you move to to Forks because what? Like, you don't want to live with your mom. (laughs) Like, your mom just got married. Okay, like I know that's so unbelievable. Like, it's so just not really believable in terms of like you know, like the introduction of a character going through something difficult or whatever Mm -hmm. it really not it's really not up to par with the other characters i don't think and also especially like a kid who's i've moved around a lot as a kid like every two years i was in a different school or whatever Mm -hmm. i definitely connected with the beginning portion but then i was like it's really not that big a deal like why are you so angsty about this like i don't get it um it's a very normal reality for a lot of people um other stuff about bella (laughs) let's see you're right. She puts herself in difficult situations for no reason other than she wants to get some. Um, but I think it comes back to the point of either Buffy or, um, uh, you know, Elena a little bit, where she finds empowerment through her relationship and through the abusive shit that happens with Edward and the rest of the vampires, which is so problematic for so many reasons. <laughs> like, I think... The point of this episode might be, we obviously know this franchise inside and out, mm-hmm. and we don't love it. We just, we, I don't know what we do. Do we endure it? We live despite it, but we can't help it because it was at a very early stage in our, like, social development. I don't know what it is. It might have just but. been that. It was really early in my social development, too. Um, yeah. Uh, but there's definite formula there, there that's is. in place, you know, like that gets you hooked onto it mm-hmm. because, again, you project yourself so easily on the lead character mm-hmm. because she could literally be anybody, you know, literally anyone. Like, <laughs> like this that, supernatural, that like cool deliberate. guy yeah. who's like rich and has this cool car and this cool house and this cool, like gorgeous family is giving attention to you only. Like, oh, my God. That special feeling. So I think it's like more of a teen novel than like a supernatural novel. Oh, for sure. Um yeah, it's definitely more of that. I think it and is hence the craze. Yeah, one of those um, things that's very nostalgic for me. <laughs> Twilight, just because I read the book mm-hmm. before I saw the movie, and um, yeah. I was in like fresh into high school. I think it was grade nine when wow. I read it, and then the book wow. came out, or the movie came out. I found out that Robert Pattinson was playing. Edward Cullen, and that was, like, the best news ever. I watched the trailer maybe ten times in a, like, three-hour period. Yeah, so I was excited, and um, I have not read it as an adult, 
uh, uh -huh. I'm sure I would be mortified. Um, but I always do go back to the the movies. Yeah, super yeah, easily. And slim. also, I think like for me, it was the first person narration of the book where it felt like I was reading somebody's diary or my diary or whatever. So it felt super personal and like very intense. Um, but keeping in mind the lead character, would you guys want to talk about A Midnight Sun? Because this is the genius of yep. Stephanie Myers because she has written the same book three times over. Three times. <laughs> I made a ton of money with that. Listen, are you Which ready? Is, Twilight, yeah, part one. Yeah. Life and Death which was an interim kind of like a standalone book where she gender swaps them. So there's Bo and then there's, oh, what, what's her name? I don't she, think I, I never read this, did I? So the, 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 the vampire is a girl and then Bella is Bo. Or when was I don't this? know. And I think it's at oh a different time setting or something. God. It's it's after all the books were written. It was in between a couple of I films. I don't remember that. I don't remember exactly. It's... It's low circulation compared to the other ones, obviously, yeah. but it is definitely the same, the same, same story, just gender swap. Yeah, and then we have and Midnight then now Sun. Midnight Sun. I mean, which is a phenomenon. Okay, <laughs> Midnight Sun was something, but I, I honestly, okay. I can't find a word to describe it. I honest God can't because I. Did you finish it? Of course I did. Literally, it took me. I, I think like two days. You know, just like. After work, I read There's it. There's a lot of skimming. Oh my god, it's yeah. so much skimming because yeah. like I can't. I Okay, so I will t <laughs> like let's go back to when the original Midnight Sun came out. If anyone know, remembers, the leaked version. It was a leaked version. I downloaded it and I read it. And yeah. I'm like, "Oh, this is yeah. kind of hilarious." And I'm into it because at mm -hmm. that time I was into Twilight. <laughs> I was into reading it. Oh yeah. Then this newer version comes out. And the first two chapters, mm. like, I read pretty quickly. It took me, like, three times, four times longer. And I was like, why is it taking me so long? And I think I told you this, Nandi. Like, as I was reading it, I was correcting her grammar. And I was yeah. I was restructuring <laughs> the paragraphs. And I couldn't help it. I'm like, wow. this is so badly written that yeah. I am sub and like subconsciously yeah. trying to fix it because editing it because i'm like it is it's it's so clear that this should have been written another way and like it's really bad <laughs> so that's part one part two wow why in god's name did she not put the original twilight right beside the version she was writing because mm. There are so many things that happen <laughs> in Midnight Sun that are not in Twilight. Like, conversations that didn't start the same. Yeah. Memories that are clearly yeah. not the same. And it makes me think, like, so was Edward just gaslighting <laughs> Bella the entire time? Was he really know, the cause so of her neuroses? Like, what? I know. I don't know. It's offensive. And the thing is, she does try to correct a lot of that because there has been so much critique of, you know, how abusive this oh, whole yeah. depiction is. And he's a predator. He's a pedophile. Yes. Um, and <laughs> this is just not okay. Um, and then she tried to correct some of it in this book by explaining Edward's side of things. So he's almost like shifted the abusive blame onto Bella's mother. Yeah. Of how she's a narcissist and an abusive mom, which is why Bella is older than she, you know, should be. Or yeah. she seems older. Which is a classic pedo tactic. It is. Know. So, you know, there's like, she tried to correct a bunch of that stuff, but nobody was buying that. They were just like, 
oh, he's the original emo boy. Like, that's that's what this is. There's just pages and pages of his, like, neuroses coming on. Um, that's what you're reading, hence the skimming. But you're right, the, the conversations don't start the same. And maybe she wrote it in, like, a COVID haze. Maybe she wrote it when she was, like, in quarantine. She's like, I need to make money. I honestly... This is the right yeah, time to do this. Probably, yeah. but it just, it makes me... It just honestly makes me annoyed, and it, it makes the very detail-oriented person in me yeah. just honestly enraged just enraged it was yeah. just so simple you just need to open up the book and you could have copied it it honestly could have been a quick copy and paste it would have taken you like a fraction of the time mm. like less time to write this whole thing it just honestly it's just stupid and i just yeah. do a better job just be better <laughs> maybe she just needed you as the editor uh, like you know the series intimately you could have done a really cool job yeah, i think I could, yeah. um yeah she honestly should have brought on some fans <laughs> yeah you know yeah like they would have been able to sort through everything yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they would and they would do yeah. it happily i know and they would just be happy to be in a story yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. The I wonder if they're gonna make a movie about it like ten oh years down the line, and then we'll Imagine. all. Just but then this, this, I think there was a lot of memes on the internet with like Robert Pattinson like losing his shit because they were like, "Oh no, she's gonna come back to me about right. doing the film." But okay, but here's the thing. Here's the best question, and I've always wanted to know mm. this: Who would mm. you have cast for Edward, and who would you have cast for Bella? Oh, that's a good question. Bella? I don't know why. When I read the books, I always saw... Again, I read the books mid to late 2000s. Um, I always saw Evan Rachel Wood. What? In that role. Really? I don't know why. She just fit the description of the nondescript person. No, uh, she just like... The way that I saw some depiction of that character, that's who, what I, uh, who would, I would have seen mm. in that. Edward was fine. I didn't really care much okay. for his... I just wish he had better makeup. Fair. And a better wig. Yeah. So, fun fact, my favorite hair of Edward's is in the last two films, and it turns out that was a wig. Of course it was. <laughs> As was Bella's. Bella's was very clearly a wig. Yeah. Um, oh, Bella's wigs go through some yes. shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're the worst. Lydia, yeah. what about you? What would you have said? Who would so, you have cast? Uh, like, I loved Robert Pattinson for the role of Edward, so mm -hmm. I probably would leave that. Probably keep mm -hmm. that locked. Um, cool. I don't know about Bella... I would not have picked Kristen Stewart. I know that for a fact. Mm. I love her. I think she's great. But this performance, I think it's this safe a, to say a, it wasn't. A contentious relationship, <laughs> yes. yes. It's, yeah. So um, I don't know. I am trying to think of who was like up and coming at the time. Like who was making waves. And I can't think... Well, I know that I read somewhere where, like, Stephanie Myers was asked about her top choices. Okay. And she wanted Henry Cavill for freaking Edward. Okay, that, and I'd she be into wanted, that. I'm into it. She wanted the girl from uh, Lemony Snicket's The Movie. <gasps> she wanted her to play uh, Who Bella. Who was that? Is great. I don't remember her name. Oop. Ooh. I used to love that film. Yes. Um, the film, right? The two thousand four. Yeah, yeah, she was yeah. great in that movie. I'm wondering who that is because I can't, I can't picture the one who plays Violet. The yeah, I'm the, Emily the Browning. Sister. Oh yeah. Okay, so so yes, I would say someone like her. I honestly, at that time, I would have picked. Um, sorry, <laughs> I'm help, like, I'm so <laughs> incredibly bad at remembering. Uh, that's what we're here for actors names so rory 
I would have been mm. oh, yeah. Rory. Oh, she would have been great. She would have been great. She would have been good. Yeah, she would have yeah. been great. And or Alexis Bledel. Yeah. Alexis Bledel. Alexis yeah. Bledel. Thank you. I'm just so bad with with names of actors. You're fine. Um, the other one, and this one is interesting, and I don't know why her, but I just think of like, I think of her character, and it was kind of like sad and emo-ish, and like very like woe is me. Um, and it is the main, the protagonist in Dawson's Creek. Oh, Katie Holmes. Oh, weird, weird. And and again, like think of Katie Holmes, early 2000s, pre-Scientology. I mean, way pre-Scientology. I totally can because fun fact, she auditioned for Buffy, the show. Interesting. (gasps) Did she really? Yeah. Yeah. She was like right around the time of Dawson's Creek. Mm -hmm. So like she was presumably huge in the team, yeah, you know, super audience. huge. Yeah. So that would have been perfect casting too. Yeah. Um and Henry Cavill That's a good like pairing, for sure. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in for Henry Cavill. Holy yeah, I'm sorry. I he know. can he can be what in a missed opportunity. Anyway, that was a he missed opportunity. Oh my yeah. gosh. I did think in the movie Twilight that all of the Cullens were casted well. Like I did like when I had read the book and then I watched the trailer I was like, oh, yeah, I like, like, this seems like a good Cullen clan, but I don't know who I, I would only recast. recognized. I only recognized the parents, and mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised about Rosalie because I had seen Nikki Reed in a, a teen movie. It, it was called 13, and oh, yeah. incidentally, that was a film with Evan Rachel it Wood. Was. And so I had seen her very non-blonde, mm. and it was just a shock to see her in that film with, like, that ashen makeup. <laughs> Yeah, it's just really intense, but you're right. They did the role really well. I think everybody yeah. else was great. I didn't know it was any just of them. the casting of Bella. I think that I, was like tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, poor thing. Jeez, yeah. oh, that was a lot um, of pressure. There is uh, the actor who plays Jasper in Twilight. Yeah, Jackson Rathbone. Yes. Why do I know this? Um, yes. <laughs> he is in the. Uh, live action uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender movie, and it's oh. a disgrace that movie. It's a disgrace that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. he was quickly kicked off my list of quote unquote faves because of that movie. I couldn't believe. Oh no! Wow, he believe. did that the, to himself. The trauma I went through watching that film is just horrible. He's anyway. just a working actor. <laughs> It's not He's his fault. He's just got to take the gigs as they come along. It's M. Night Shyamalan's fault, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay, I think, like, another thing that Twilight sort of pushed really hard on the collective pop culture audience mm-hmm. was the Team Edward versus Team Jacob situation. Yes, of course. And it was crazy, of course, looking back. Um, I don't know, did you ever get caught up in that? Like, did you have your teams figured out? I was pretty Team Edward at the time. I, and I yeah, thought okay. Team Jacob people were, like, unstable yeah. or something. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> what that's do you mean so sad because Jacob? we clearly gave in to the patriarchy. We did. No, we did. We're and team that's Edward. so, so awful. At grade, in grade nine, 14-year-old Lydia was a fucking misogynist. I know. It's and it's, we were so it's, young. It's bad, but, stupid. yeah, no, I did too. It's just, you know... I, I think I was, I don't know, like, 17, 18 at the time. And I'm, like, yeah. I was so very much 
outwardly like it doesn't matter whose team like this is a book but internally yeah, in yeah, my yeah. head but i'm like team edward like who are we kidding yeah i think i was the same i would never well i didn't have people to talk to about twilight yeah. because it was so freaking nerdy um <laughs> but i would never admit again and it's so sad because look at what's happened like the team jacob is basically you know this guy Jacob, uh, what's his name? Taylor Lautner was an actual teenager at the time. And because of this whole, like, you know, situation about, like, him trying to be hot and whatever, because that's what the franchise demands of him. Mm -hmm. He's, like, way too jacked for a teen, for a child, for a child. He went through a huge transformation, which, when you think about it, is so unfair because Edward had a bunch of, like, contouring done to his abs. And it was fine. So it was so weird to see that happen. But again, the craze was real. I remember them doing like press junkets and stuff like that, and they were pitted against each other a lot, yeah, also. All and it's time. like, who yeah. cares? But that brings us to other pairings. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is something that when we had talked earlier, Natalia had mentioned um, the trend that started the trend of, you know, the versus, like the hot guy versus hot guy. Mm-hmm. Team Angel versus Team Spike on Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys do sort of remember. Yeah. What would you have picked? Like, which one would you have picked? Angel, I think, by the time it was kind of his character was wrapping up, I would say, Mm. was Mm. a bit too much. Like, he was so (laughs) annoying. And I think, really, that's what made me switch from Team Angel to Team Spike. Because... Because, Natalia, man pain is real. I guess, but, like, do you have... They just switched the show to him. Yeah, it was kind of annoying. Yeah, it was just a, a little bit too, like, much Mm. um so yeah i switched over to team spike but i think i'm kind of like in the middle i yeah at the end of the day i wasn't i don't know there was just something about his team or spike's dyed blonde hair that really bothered me (laughs) (laughs) you mean you're not a fan of billy idol so Um, i I kind of i loved that though i loved it 50 50 I'm gonna, right. I'm just Team Buffy. <laughs> I loved, I loved, I know, Team Buffy for yes. sure. I think that's that's where Team we're Buffy. at. Um, but I did enjoy Spike way more. Like, Angel is supposed to be, like, the classic, like, mysterious first boyfriend mm-hmm. who, yeah. like, dark know, and whatever. Um, dark and handsome and, like, really cool, like, very angsty. He's got this, like, dark past that he doesn't want to, like, burden the girl with, etc. Very Edward-like. But then Spike comes in and he's the classic enemy to lovers mm-hmm. trope. Where he's her sworn enemy for the longest time, and then he's also hilarious. So funny. Like, super hilarious. Yeah. Such a good character. Very good. Um, and doesn't take himself as seriously as, you know, Angel with his angstiness. And he wears leather jackets. He has a cool sense of style. Mm-hmm. I disagree with you, Natalia. I love the bleached hair look. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the classic, you know, Team Stefan versus team damon damon yeah is that how you say his name i don't know how you say his name well in the show they say stefan but i know a lot of people that have read the books before they say stefan because it is i say stefan yeah s t e f a n yes sometimes elena puts a little swing on it and says stefan sometimes yeah sometimes she'll throw that in probably (laughs) for the the series fans, the books, the uh-huh. book fans. Um, uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm Team Damon, one hundred percent. He's as are a lot of people. I yeah, am dangerous one. I'm Team Damon. Yeah. You are too. Natalia. I'm very yeah. much Team Damon. Again, mm. 
Stefan, <laughs> which mm-hmm. every time I say that, I just think of the SNL character, Stefan. I know, I yeah. know, um, except the exact opposite, yeah, yeah. yeah. in terms of energy. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, he got a little bit too much. It just, it was yeah. a bit too much. So yeah, I'm totally team Damon. He seems more realistic, like. He, um, like, Stefan is just kind of like. Monotone. You know, straight line, very monotone, yeah, very dull dull he's not an yes. exciting character yeah. yeah damon is an exciting character he's got so many levels to him and he's a bit mysterious and he's a bit dangerous he's a bit mm. reckless yeah which is always a fun character to watch also i'm one of those people that loves characters that start off a bit decrepit and sad <laughs> yeah and, you know <laughs> tortured and then they like okay or mean, and then they have this wonderful arc where they turn into the good guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I naturally <laughs> like Damon for that reason, just because yeah. he has yeah. a nice arc. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a proper, yeah, it's a positive end, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, With so. Stefan, what happens with Stefan? He has a few lost moments in he the does. middle. He does. For sure. And he's whiny the whole time. He cries a lot. And that's the thing that <laughs> yeah. kills me. These people don't eat food. They don't drink water. But they can somehow cry. It's I know. Me. Where's the blood coming from? Or where's where, the water where, coming from? Where, where Interestingly, is, yeah, because yeah, they have water tears in true blood. They cry, but they cry blood, blood. and which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> which I love, though. So it's funny. At least it's, like, on point yeah. for the, yeah, for the you know, mythology sense. of it. Yeah, Agreed. yeah. I My favorite think... bit of the whole Twilight Renaissance was the Tumblr posts of people like tagging Stephanie Myers and asking her, "How did Bella get pregnant if he is dead? Where did the the man juice come from?" Exactly. And then she responded on her freaking website of like the chemistry of the cells and blah blah no, blah. No, she didn't. Oh she did God. not. What the hell? I'm shocked. It's, it's truly that's so horrifying. <laughs> Uh, don't explain times. yourself it makes it worse yeah i know just just let just it go. let it go let yeah. it go yeah we don't have we haven't talked about team vampire oh. bill and team northman which no obviously I know. i'm team northman i think we can all agree i think so just it's it's just science you have eyes yeah i have eyes <laughs> i know it's science. It's it's logic. <laughs> logic and reasoning dictate it must be Northmen. I know. I... It's just a fun character. It's a cool character, and Bill Compton is shady as fuck. Like, when you realize later on that he kind of knew the whole time she was a fairy, and he was trying to, like, you know, trap her into this whole thing. I don't know how the show ends. I never got far enough to watch it. I think beyond the fairies, I just kind of... Yeah, most people stop beyond the fairies. But so. he's... Eric Northman is, like... He's, like... You know, a little bit brash, which is an easy, like, kind of talking about, you know, when Lydia was saying how a character starts off a little bit, you know, rough around the edges, but then has his moment of, you know, uh, becoming the hero. I think Eric Norman definitely has that. Yeah. But also, I also have eyes. He's a cute guy. He's a yeah. cute character. Definitely cute. I love his relationship with his companion. Love um, it, Yeah. When Pam. I say love. Yeah. Is that they're, they're like proper besties, the yeah. Alexander Skarsgård character? It is indeed. Northman okay. is Skarsgard. I haven't met him yet. Oh, you he haven't? Not... He was in the first episode. He was in the first episode. He just had a hideous oh, wig. Oh, he had a terrible wig. He's the guy who shoots off into the air at the end. <laughs> what? 
Okay. He's the creepy guy in the creepy nightclub. He has like long blonde hair in the first okay. in the first yeah. like season or so. He has like yeah. long blonde hair and it just yeah. um Okay. He's the guy who owns the club in the first episode. But then it, his hair gets better. His hair yeah. does get better. Yeah. He's, Which he's the guy that owns the the club. The <laughs> Really? The club. Yeah. That's yeah. him. The vampire club. <gasps> get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's alexander yeah. skarsgård yeah yeah dudes i didn't even recognize him it, the character evolves this was the pilot this was okay. the pilot. no i know a bit forgiving yeah but i know but i just had no idea that was him okay he also i'm has a, a very fan, minimal though. role his role grows a lot like okay. in the first episode he's literally just there like shooting daggers with his eyes yeah and there's nothing going on but he gets a chunkier role as the episodes pass right. even in the first season like he has yeah. a more substantial role okay for sure. yeah. okay but my favorite eric northman moment was when he loses his memory so good and he's just this goofy golden retriever kind of yeah. personality like such a cute guy and she's like suki's trying to take care of him because she's she still feels responsible for that whole situation yeah. they're not exactly in love at that point but there's like whispers of desire at that point. <laughs> um but <laughs> sorry i just watched shit creek yeah. yesterday whispers of desire <laughs> Uh, whisper of desire um but that's my favorite episode because that is also uh, i think he's high on her blood or yeah. something like that and they don't know yet that she's a fairy or half fairy which is why he's protected from a bunch of like things that might be endangering vampires anyway that's not the point but such a cute episode it is um but i think i think it should be said that also the reason i dislike vampire bill is because mm. i just don't really like him to begin with like he's just yeah. not to me not a very likable character yeah. he's like very yeah i don't know like creepy like why are you so creepy <laughs> also you were 40 in in the show, like no. theoretically, yeah. he would have been like yeah. forty, and he's like yeah. going after some like what is she nineteen twenty? I'm like, I think she's in her twenties. Like she's in her twenties, early twenties. Just um, aggressive. It's creepy. plus add the fact that he was made a vampire in eighteen sixty five, so he's like a million years old, a million, and just going after this like young twenty year old. It just it's it's mm. gross and creepy and like. And then you find out why. Yeah. Like his initial like interest in her was and, and that's and then purposes. it becomes a whole thing about manipulation yeah. and like yeah. he's clearly like is she in love with him because she is or is it because she yeah she drank his blood and they have this connection mm-hmm. because as soon as it was yeah. the first vampire blood that she drank. Plus on top yeah. of that like she can't hear any vampire's thoughts. So like who knows yeah. if she would have reacted the same if someone else had been like the first yeah. vampire but either way yeah. it just um proper creepy yeah it was just yeah. i don't know it Very was like a, a bad vibe i just found myself like connecting being more empathetic to eric northman's backstory For sure. also because they all have like dark backstories they do. obviously like they do this whole deep dive into different historical periods but i did connect with his more than bill yeah again because he's very creepy yeah <laughs> Um, yeah. So I think, like, we do agree on a couple of those. What are your, uh, what are some of your top iconic moments of Twilight? I would have to say, is that okay if it's an iconic moment because we laugh at it? Yes. 100%. Absolutely. Okay. That's the, that's the, that's the sentiment so, here for Twilight. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. We love it, but we love to hate it also. Yeah, we love so, to hate yeah. it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, when Bella first walks into her biology class and finds out that Edward is in her class and, and he she throws sits, up in his mouth and he literally covers his mouth like <laughs> so shakily and annoyingly <laughs> that part makes me laugh every time and uh, so, so that's an iconic moment for me so she good. walks past the fan and yeah. like yeah blows Just like the- her scent in his way it's pretty funny <laughs> there's so, so many good. i think like my favorite i do rewatch the first one a lot Mostly because of the purely comedic, you know, yeah. unintentional comedy that is in that film. Um, anytime they're talking to each other, I'm like, what What are you saying? I remember watching the movie first because my friends were obsessed with it. And they're like, oh my god, this like hot, sexy like vampire movie's out here. We should watch it. And I just remember being confused a lot because of their exchanges. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that the scene in the forest is supposed to be romance. <laughs> Where he's, like, yeah. dangling off of a tree and yeah. calling her heroine. He's like, you're, like, my personal brand of heroine. And I'm like, what the fuck is this line? Yeah. Yeah. What does this so mean? Good. And then I read the book, and then I read the paragraph before it, and I'm like, oh, there's, like, context to it. He's explaining to her, you know, why he's addicted to her blood specifically or why she's attractive yeah. to him. Yeah, the, the movie... The movie is just... All the weird, like, sort of swerving camera angles, love it. Love to laugh at it. <laughs> it's art yeah it's uh yeah those those moments where they exchange words like <laughs> even when she when they talk when they speak so to the each whole other, movie <laughs> like the whole movie <laughs> maybe cut that um no 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 so we're anytime, anytime they talk it seems like they yeah. genuinely hate each other and hate each so other yeah. mad. i don't understand because yeah. that's not what i felt when i read the book yeah, when I read the no, book. It was even. always very sweet in my head. It wasn't yeah. like hostile. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. one of the m- scenes I always laugh at also is when she's about to get hit by the car. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he saves her obviously. Yeah, with his yeah. vampire. That's strength. the first iconic moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was a big moment. And mm-hmm. they're having a conversation in the hallway at and the, the hospital. hospital. Yes. Yeah. What is that conversation? Yeah. Never understood, Never understood. until I read the book. It doesn't make sense what no. they're saying. If you like actually think about what they're saying, it's not no. a real conversation and there is no, no beginning, There's middle, or end. It's just like No, it's just random lines edited together mm-hmm. and I'm exactly like, what is what happening? Is, yeah. And the yeah. weird yeah. angle, because they're both in a corner of mm-hmm the wall yeah and they're staring each other down weirdly and i'm like what is happening they could have done it's... this so much better put a couple chairs i don't know what is happening yeah i i also just think about reality versus this movie because you know at the end mm. of the day kristen stewart and dropper pattinson have this like as actors have a really long relationship yeah, yeah. but there is and I, no there's no chemistry. <laughs> there's, n- there's nothing. It's, I've never <sighs> seen, no, I've seen this. But the idea of having absolutely no chemistry with another, like, with the person mm. who you're supposed to be in love with. Like, this is crazy. Like, I am sorry, guys, but it doesn't yeah. seem like you like each other or know each other. And yeah. it just, it's not, it's not a good, it's not good. It's just not good. No. 
Um, it just feels really forced and stuff. And I, I we can't attempt to understand what was going on because it was definitely a huge franchise. There's a lot of media attention on them from mm-hmm. the start. Um, it was very highly publicized, right? But there's she's not incapable of emotion or anything because her scenes with Taylor Lautner are so sweet. They're yeah. so nice. Yeah. They're, They're good, pro- yeah. They feel good. Like the second film, mm-hmm. like you like watching that on screen. And then like Edward pops in and it's like this cringe sort of, you know, like, ugh, yeah. okay, this again. Yeah. Which also, when you read it from the lens of like an abusive relationship, tracks. It tracks mm. so much because it's like, ugh, this is just wrong. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah, I think I, okay, I'm going to give you guys my favorite scenes. Go for okay. it. Fire them off. So basically all of Breaking Dawn. <laughs> part one part two or both both because actually no mostly part two because the amount of cgi (laughs) on that baby (laughs) on not only the baby but when she gets pregnant oh yeah and she like is is painful oh my god this whole thing i'm like i don't i don't know if you guys really thought this out you 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 must have not thought this out but it's yeah. horrifying like it's just it's, bad it's jarring it's I, very it's, yeah it's I, it's the it's, worst it's the worst that and then it, when she has the baby and then um <laughs> i remember the like like i remember as i was watching the movie i remember reading um the scene of when um i think it was edward or someone has the baby Mm-hmm. Um and Taylor Lautner comes in mm-hmm. and he just like <laughs> he like looks into her yeah. eyes. <laughs> yeah, sees their life together, not creepy at all. Thank yeah. you. Sees their life together, Gross. and then he like <laughs> kneels down on the ground, all like dramatic and yeah, man. I'm yours. So it's so creepy. Creepy. It's mm-hmm. so creepy, just- but. I don't know that whole Pedos all yeah. across that the whole show. movie yeah. was just like just shot for shot like just like I just moments where I'm like guys you really you just really fucked this up it's I just, just don't, pull it together like, please whose who's idea was it to put CGI on the baby's face like I just want to know whose idea that no was idea. and like you know what all babies kind of look the same like why yeah. did we need to take apparently they had a baby they did there's like behind the scenes footage of an actual no. really cute baby I know. And it's like, why did, why you do did this? they put the? They wanted face? the baby to look like the two of them. I don't know, or oh, like supernaturally, geez. like gorgeous or whatever. But it's like the creepy. I agree, beautiful. Lydia. All it babies makes, look the same. All the babies I know. look the same. I would not be able to. I think the main thing is just to show that she grew up in a very short amount of time. I really don't think you needed to plant this twelve-year-old's face in baby form and put it mm. on an already cute baby's face. To make this weird, uncanny thing. And I didn't like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I was... Almost baby. Yeah. That was, that was rough. That was rough. But it's an iconic moment. That baby is talked about today. Yeah. I know. The CGI baby. I know. It's still traumatizing. That's why. <laughs> that is why. Just... It's a lot. Um, okay. This brings us to the phenomenon that is Twilight on the internet. Mm. Because... Um, that traumatizing clip, like a whole like collection of creepy baby montage, mm. is on every Tumblr 
you know, fandom situation. Um, it's really, really nuts. And uh, speaking of that, I think one of my favorite things that came out of this whole renaissance, especially with the new book coming out, was the concept of the the imprinting situation that mm. she had explained in the books. So Jacob is in love with the baby <laughs> because they're meant to be together because he imprinted on the baby and he will be whatever the baby needs him to be, which is super vague and gross. But like, imagine like him being your brother first and then your husband later. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a whole another Arrested Development territory happening with it's, like the mother lover <laughs> situation. Yeah, it's, it's like so creepy. Yeah. And um, there's a moment when she's pregnant with... We haven't even mentioned her name, Renesme, or as Tumblr likes to call her, Resume. Um, any word starting with R is the baby's name because that is that inconsequential because they want to collectively forget the trauma. Um, when she's pregnant with the baby, she is uncharacteristically friendly with Jacob, or like more so than before, and he's convinced that that's because she loves him. It turns out the baby was pushing all these love hormones from the tummy to Bella's face. And then Bella was like, you know, pushing all that love shit out on Jacob. And so it turns out that she was being uncharacteristically, you know, friendly and nice and like glad to see him because the baby was making her fall in love with Jacob because the baby was in love with Jacob. And when I say the baby, I literally mean a clump of cells. Mm -hmm. Like it was a fetus. A fetus. Yeah. Um, a sentient fetus? I don't know. Anyway, so my favorite bit that came out of this was, I don't know who brought it out first on Tumblr, but I read, quote for quote, So the only reason Jacob was attracted to Bella was the tiny half embryo of Renesme calling out to him, right? So why wasn't the other half of Renesme calling out to him from Edward's ball sack? <laughs> like, that is... That is the real question. You are asking the real question. <laughs> yeah. That is biologically like, I don't speaking, get it. it makes sense. I know. They should have totally been. That's in love. amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> they should have been a thruple. Um yeah, I think that's what we were waiting to happen. There was a, a weird like thruple moment in um Eclipse when yeah, they're all in the tent the together. One. They're yeah. having like a really intense heart to heart. Yeah. But Anyway, what are your opinions, like, takeaways from Twilight? I love Twilight. Uh, <laughs> Question mark. For reasons unknown. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I said this before, it's nostalgic. When I watch it, I'm brought right back to my high school self. Mm. And also the movie is a totally different thing. Mm. Um, and... Uh, it's a funny, it's a funny movie. <laughs> it's a good thing to laugh at. It's a it's, fun situation. It's a wild I think ride. I've, I've... It's escapism. Yeah. It's like, takes you completely out of your own worries. Um, yeah. you're like, well, at least I don't have a killer vampire boyfriend <laughs> that is trying to put a Control ring me? on it. Manipulate me? I don't know. Something. Make me yeah. a vampire. So. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, Twilight for me is always going to be a favorite, I think, despite all the reasons that we've shown on this episode. Um, it's a familiar favorite. There's that nostalgia factor that you talked about, Lydia. Yeah. Um, and it's just fun to inflict that on people that haven't been part of it. I think, like, especially with the Renaissance, like, a lot of people came together. People who had spent their early, like, 20s or, like, their teens reading the original series 10 years ago came back 
with Midnight Sun and like reminiscing about those days again. Like here I am again, locked up in my house because of COVID, um, reading, you know, this weird angsty situation. And so I think like that brought things back for people. Mm-hmm. So the nostalgia factor is definitely huge for me. But I have to say, I always mostly go back to the first movie. I don't rewatch the rest of the series. I literally just watch the first one because it's so green. It's so green mm-hmm. and just <laughs> funny. It's just funny. The, the music dialogues. is really good in the first The music one is really good. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's like the big redeeming factor for that mm-hmm. show, uh, the movies. What about you, Natalia? Do you love Twilight? Yes. So I, I do. I, I do love Twilight, but I love to hate it. It is, yeah, yeah. it is, <laughs> it's the only way it is what, exactly. it, I mean, in the world of Instagram, it's what I would call a hate follow. I yeah. just, there's the cringiness, the angst, the like, why in just, why the hell are you doing this to yourself? Like, why him? It makes no sense. It makes yeah. no sense. Um, Zero. So I also, I agree, the nostalgia, absolutely, absolutely, that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I just, I just love to hate it. I love to hate <laughs> on this thing. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful. And I think it's because I think no matter who I speak to about this subject, mm-hmm. whoever it is, mm-hmm. honestly hates it too. And that's yeah. the wonderful part about this book and these movies is that everyone just loves to hate it and i i love that it can bring us i love that this (laughs) this this story about love can make us hate so much yet bring us together (laughs) in in that collective hating i know and the best part is the actors from the movies hate it too and i love that i love it so much i love that so i think like anna kendrick at one point tweeted out like holy shit i totally forgot i was in the twilight oh that's also another (laughs) wonderful person that was in that movie um but yeah so that's that's why i love twilight yeah um that's a collective sentiment Mm -hmm. for a lot of people um okay let's let's swing back to true blood for a second natalia um this says you've recently rewatched the entire yes. series, so it's fair to say that you come back to it a lot. Um, why do you love True Blood so much? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so I love True Blood because it's. I I mean, I was much I was much younger when I watched it, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and it was the first one of the first HBO shows that I've ever seen. Um, mm. That one and the second one that I was kind of watching alongside or around the same time was Big Love, um, which is also hilarious. Right. But um, yeah. so True Blood, I loved because it was fantastical. Um, I really liked the darkness about it. Um, mm-hmm. And... It was a little bit more actiony, and I think what really caught me or what really hooked me is the first season was focused on um, a serial killer. And I'm going to be very real. I love to read, watch documentaries, just study serial killers. <laughs> what? That is a total surprise. I have no idea. And that knows. I was going to say in the beginning, like your obsession with like gothic literature and everything has fully translated to. Yeah. 
She was the first person we would meet at parties and she would show people her serial killer. I have a yeah, I, I got this like I had multiple serial books. killer books in my in my yeah. library of Victorian literature. <laughs> Which now <laughs> seems poetry. very commonplace. Like a lot of people read uh, you know, like murder mystery shit or like watch those or listen to murder podcasts. Yeah. But like this is like almost ten years oh. ago. I was shocked beyond belief. I was wow. like, Natalia does drugs casually no, at work yeah. and now she's like <laughs> Uh, you know she's obsessed with serial killers like what is happening yeah here? no i uh um, i i've loved like this idea of, of serial killers and just like the mindset i think mm -hmm. when i came to canada um and i was first learning like how to read in english i read a lot about egyptians and greeks and whatever Ooh, but that uh, took me very quickly through the entire local library they didn't have that many books but what they did right. have is like I don't know how I found them, but, like, books on, like, um, like, Jack the Ripper. <laughs> yeah. And these nice. other... That was an obsession for like, a lot of people, uh, this, yeah. These other murders. Yeah. yeah. So, like, when yeah. I was, like, you know, 9, 10, I started reading these books, and either way, it kind of snowballed. So, going back to why I love True Blood, it, it got me hooked because of that. It was it, To me, it was a story about a serial killer but there were mm. vampires and it, vampires were out in the community and everyone knew about them. So that kind of had me hooked. Um, but right. why I kept with it, a big part of it was Eric Northman. I will not lie about mm. that. Um, but I also mm. liked this idea of mystery. And um, and honestly, it's funny. Like, it's a funny show. <laughs> it's, it's just like if you kind of take the horror aspect out of it or like yeah. the violence out of it it is funny yeah. like i just found the characters there's a lot of personality exactly there, yeah. like yeah. there's a lot of personalities and i i also recognized a lot of the care um a lot of the actors so like one of the things i've recently been re-watching seinfeld and oh, in uh. a season so this is like really random but in season uh -huh. five or six there's an episode um where there are these two one of them is one of the waitresses at the diner and the other one is one of Seinfeld's many love interests but both uh -huh. of them were on the same episode and both of them are on True Blood and I just found that fascinating wow. and then I started to kind of like if you when I was re-watching it there were just so many actors that I've seen previously and there's something right. also very nice about that um, yeah, but yeah. So the, I think it's almost like a second hobby when you're watching this stuff. We're like, oh, I know them from this exactly other show. Exactly, and like it's always like interesting to spot people that you recognize. Exactly, and they play completely different characters, and they were wonderful, yeah. wonderful in them. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So that's uh, and I also like the political aspect of it. I really did. There's a lot to decode a there, lot. and I, I think like there's so many other really cool characters too. Like I know we've spent some time talking about Sukhe yeah. and Bill and Eric. But I definitely enjoy. Um, I thought Lafayette was an Lafayette interesting was character. Great. Yeah, mm -hmm. amazing, amazing. The one person I truly actually hated was her brother, like, Jason. Brother. I did. Jason. I don't know why. He was just there. I know to get in trouble. He was there. For, like he's it was a just, and he says it too. He's like, "Oh, I'm just the dumb one," and I'm like, yeah. "Yes, you are, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Do something about it." Yeah. Um, but despite <clears> that, <throat> the characters are really interesting. There's a lot that happens on True Blood, and it can get exhausting for yeah. me. I do need to take breaks. Yeah, I can't just like marathon the whole thing. Yeah, but it definitely feels like homey. The music is great for me. Yeah. Like I love listening to. I found some really cool new music for me mm -hmm. uh, from that show, so that was interesting. I have a review up here on IMDb from <laughs> 2008. 
like from when the show first came out. And the opening line is Dracula living in a trailer park instead of a castle. And that just like killed it. <laughs> That's really that good. That is so spot That's on. Good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And so that is True Blood for you. Uh, Lid- All right. Lydia, I feel like mm. you've only watched a couple episodes, but did you... Oh, yeah. what, what did you... What was Would your you first impression? The rest of it? Well, uh, my first impression, I am hooked. Okay. I've only seen the first episode. I'm a little bit of the ways in the second episode. Um, but I like how dark it is. I like the story. I like how Suki is this, like, interesting leading character like she is um different she obviously has abilities and so that's cool and the whole society thing like i'm in the Mm -hmm. vibe is very cool like the you know um southern states like i really like the diner with like all these fun characters lafayette was like Mm -hmm. Yeah. A highlight, even in the first episode, I was like, ooh, I'm going to like him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my first impression is I'm mm-hmm. probably going to crush it. I really do like it. It's a bit yeah, darker it's definitely than gritty. other vampire stuff I've seen. Mm-hmm. It's different. But I kind of yeah. like that about it. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. All right. And then in a follow-up episode, we will get Lydia's, <laughs> you know, follow-up review of True Blood. Um... Why do you love Vampire Diaries, Lydia? Oh, why do I love Vampire Diaries? Okay. Um, I started watching it, obviously, because you recommended Mm -hmm. it, but I knew it was always something that I would like. So I started it. First episode Mm -hmm. was a little slow. I was like, okay, all right. It has that Mm -hmm. CW Mm -hmm. vibe, you know? It's that network show that's like 22 episodes, 40 minutes long. And... Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm always into. Um, obviously, I'm a huge fan of mm-hmm. all of CBS what crap. Um, Wonder yeah. Hill. The We're going to feature like CW I'm heavily on this so podcast. It, I think there's quite um, a few episodes coming out with like the different young adult y- stuff. Anyway, mm. yeah. yeah. So it has that young adult vibe, which um, is great. Uh, I really like the lead character Elena. Um, I think she's. <laughs> You know what? I actually have a complex I didn't say her. anything. I, I did not still... say anything. <laughs> compared to compared to most yeah. CW leading ladies, mm-hmm. I really liked the Elena's role. And um, I obviously am hardcore obsessed with <laughs> David Salvatore. So that's one reason to watch as well. Uh, that's normally what drives my uh, watching when I watch the CW, there's always, like, a couple hotties in there that I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish this because... It's easy to watch. This yeah, is yeah, now yeah. the reason I'm watching. Mm-hmm. It's easy to watch. I throw it on when I'm doing dishes, when I'm... And then you just kind of pop your eyes over and you're like, oh, wow, okay, something huge just happened. Maybe I'll sit down for a couple minutes and see what's happening. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those, like, easy watching, also takes you out of your own world it's escapism it's like i, I feel like i'm repeating myself they, but they make the genre things. that's why these are such huge entities right yeah make it yeah um, they make i love the that genre. the the i didn't even have to do yeah. a deep dive for reviews on vampire diaries it's just on their imdb page that's the first one what is the internet saying it's uh ready um yeah. i'll just give you the concluding sentence of the 
biggest, you know, it's got like seven stars or eight stars. The title is good combination of characters with the setting. There's a whole bunch of breakdown of the characters, etc. Except there's a very clear comparison, as is natural, with Twilight. And so the concluding sentence is, I wish Twilight was shot by Vampire Diaries technical production team. That's it. So true. Yeah, honestly. Yes. Or honestly, even um, Nina Dobrev, if she, she could have played. She could have played Bella. Bella. She could have played played Bella and it would have been like a, I don't know. She just, I, so I grew up watching Degrassi. There you go. Okay. Same. And Nina was on Degrassi, mm-hmm, and uh, she was. I I really liked her character. I just think her characters, for some reason, she comes out as a strong female, yeah. mm-hmm. even if like maybe the character maybe wouldn't necessarily yeah, yeah. be. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like she just comes off as like a strong woman. I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I was recently uh, (laughs) reading a review about season four because I'm at the end of season four of the Vampire Diaries Mm. and I'm not in. I don't know what's happening. There's a bit of a lull in the Mm -hmm. story, I think, is the issue. All of the actors are doing great. They're Mm. all great performances. Mm. And um, Nina Dobrev has like a really intense scene. Um, Something big happens in her life. I won't give the big spoiler, but like something tragic happens. She has literally lost everything at this point. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she has an impeccable scene and she does such a great job with it. And I read something that said season four highlights Nina Dobrev's talent, but the story falls short. And I was like, I totally agree with that because season four, I don't know what's happening here. The first half was great. And now Mm -hmm. I am like, all right, let's just get on to season five. I'm ready for a fresh start. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's, she does an excellent job. I think, um, it took me a bit to get used to her, but I think, uh, that's just the character that I'm trying to get used to, but I don't think it's Nina Dobrev. I think she does a, a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and can we just all take a moment and, um, realize that, two vampires married each other in real life i know (laughs) (laughs) wait which ones are you talking about because there's well there's nikki reed from like rosalie from twilight and damon from yeah yeah vampire diaries yeah there you go in real life wow look at that a crossover (laughs) yeah yeah uh there could be an actual twilight vampire diaries crossover yikes um yeah all right so well um how much Natalia, you've talked about Buffy a lot. Like, you clearly remember it uh, quite well. Lydia, how well do you remember Buffy? Like, what are your top things about Buffy? I love Buffy mostly because of the character, Mm. Buffy. Mm. Uh, I definitely watched it for her badassery. Mm -hmm. And Yes. Yeah, she does such a good job of carrying the show. um, And she does all these, like cool moves which I was totally into as a high schooler Mm -hmm. I just thought she was the coolest and she was the reason I watched and all the secondary characters were good but I really just watched it to see Buffy do cool shit yeah (laughs) which is so that is such a good point that is why I love it because we don't get that a lot as like young girls like we don't really get that person on screen where we can like look up to in that way yeah. yeah. We can identify yeah. with are you kidding me? Like I yeah, Sarah Michelle Geller, like thank <laughs> yeah. you for <laughs> thank you taking for on done. this role yeah. Yeah. and doing it for so long because 
yeah, like, I also, I absolutely agree. I watched a lot of it mm-hmm. less because of the storyline because it was very, it was very structured. Mm-hmm. It was. Like, it was very much, like, opening scene, whatever happens, there's you know, like, a bad guy that she needs to murder, right. and it's all going to eventually lead to the season finale of, like... The big bad some being defeated, huge yeah. demon, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be defeated. But she really, really just was a strong female character. That, all the time. That kicked ass all the yeah. time, and it made me time. want to kick yeah. ass all the time. Yeah. I also love that there's, like, the, the other characters on there, especially the female characters. Like, Willow was my absolute oh, favorite. So that is good. such a she good character great, arc. Yeah. And Willow was great. Hilarious yeah. character. Like, everyone's funny. Like, Xander, like, the, the dude, is yeah. probably there only for comedic, you know, relief, maybe in yeah. the beginning. But her character is also, like, equally funny, and really comes into her own and has a cool ass arc. Like she channeled her power yeah. as a witch, of all things. Like yeah. what? Yeah. That happened on a show. <laughs> so that was yeah. really great to see. Um, apparently, so this is where like this blew my mind a little bit, you guys. Um, I just skimmed through the Wikipedia just to kind of refresh my memory on Buffy. I did watch a couple of episodes recently just to kind of get back into the zone. And I cannot believe that this was a like this was a kind of a wasted opportunity for me in terms of my research because there is a Whedon Studies Association in existence within academia that runs um, a biennial slage conference titled Much Ado About Whedon where Buffy is regularly featured so Buffy and Angel like Buffyverse mm. is talked about in academic circles so extensively in like pop culture studies sociology everything uh, because there's so much going on in that show that has so much relevance for our culture right now so 20 years later I know we might have a Twilight conference at some point I don't know um, but a lot of the archetypes that are discussed in Buffy are definitely um, you know iconic and uh, against the grain maybe um, yeah, I always loved the show. I grew up watching it. What you said, Lydia and Natalia, you know, it's great to see somebody that badass on screen and doing cool things while also going through the regular like high school, you know, typical teenage drama. But um, I want to watch it again with this lens of all the stuff that happens in it, because there's a ton of like pop culture references mm. in Buffy itself. There's a lot of like... Um, reminiscing on other things like each episode is either paying homage to old school dracula or something like that like they always do those kind of like sci-fi references as well so it's a really cool fun show to watch i think in that way and the badass intro music i really love the song yeah the intro i remember rocking great. out to it every episode <laughs> also yeah. it's really cool how they planted giles as a yeah. series regular yeah because he was just kind of the information guy yeah. It yeah. was, like, a unique way to, like, spit all this information at you because he was mm. the expert and he was the one yeah. that was telling you all of these little things about yeah. supernatural creatures. I also really like the um, the year in and of itself, like, the late 90s, early 2000s yeah. vibe. That was a <laughs> cool time. A cozy, yeah, it's always a cozy thing to go back and watch stuff from yeah. that time, too. It reminds you of, like, coming home from school and watching TV. Yeah. So... I'm sorry, all the, like, the, the platform sandals, like, the platform flip-flops, yes. and then the silver eyeshadow, yes. like, the glossy makeup. <laughs> Take me back. Um, yeah. Okay. Natalia, would you go back to watching Buffy? Honestly, after this conversation, <laughs> I'm going to probably start 
episode one. Uh-huh. Um, so Twilight for me was like at the end of high school mm-hmm. into university. So like my, it wasn't formative, let's yeah. say, but it was definitely was within time. the formative yeah. years. It was just at that yeah. time. But formative like shows and movies where there was a female character that I looked up mm-hmm. to. This was one of yeah, them, for sure. and it was alongside two others, which was Gilmore Girls and Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Um, those three are by far the ones that I, I don't know. There's, there's some kind of connection I drew, or there's uh, something that I saw in the female characters that I appreciated or that I didn't see often. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I don't know, growing up, um. You know, we we just didn't. We don't have no. these. She was the girl these, version of these, Harry Potter. Like she like saved the day every yeah, time. She was the chosen one for she that. She was the chosen you know? one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it 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 yeah. It, like I really I really did appreciate that she would have to mm-hmm. do these things. She was sixteen years old when when this all kind of happened, mm-hmm. and she was very strong naturally and. She had all of these really wonderful characteristics that generally as a woman and as a young girl, we are not given that sense. We're not told that we are strong from the get-go. We are told we are the Bellas of the world. We're (laughs) kind of plain. We're to be drifted off into the background. We need to be saved. Mm -hmm. We're damsels Mm -hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. So... I don't know. She was like one of those ones where I I would come back and watch her, you know, like every episode she would do something incredible right. every single episode and I'd be like this is freaking amazing. Yeah. Um so I think I might go back and watch it just to reminisce a little yeah. bit. And, and all the cool shit that happened. Apparently she died twice. I only remember once where oh she died God. and came back. The amount of and time. I was like, Ooh, she what? died so many times." I know. Mhm. She also gets kind of dragged into an alternate universe at one point yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And wasn't it like a freaky thing where her sister suddenly came into existence? And I was like, how did that happen? That was, oh my God, that was one of the best episodes that I remember I was was this episode where I can just remember it right now in my head. I think she like walks in or there's like a shot of the living mm. room. And then it's like the character of her sister. Yeah. And it starts to like for either either formulate or disappear. I forget which episode it was, but um, all the pictures. I know. <laughs> all of a sudden, out, yeah. yeah, it was it was like a hilarious mm-hmm. episode. I remember that one very vividly. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Also because I saw I remembered the girl from the Ice Princess, <laughs> and I was like, oh my and God. Gossip Girl. I know Gossip Girl was later for me, but yeah, Michelle Trachtenberg. Um, yeah. I'm trying to find some reviews, like something interesting to say, but honestly, I'm on IMDb right now and the whole page is full of 10 on 10 reviews and people do go in yeah. depth into all of that. So I'll just read out the titles. Honestly, one of the, if not the best shows ever made, full stop, honest. Um, there's, you know, there's people who've watched this like 20 years later for the first time ever and are blown away by the quality of the writing and everything of course like the sign like the special effects is very late 90s mm-hmm. tv special effects but still like there's a lot to be said about the the writing and the structure of the show and the greatest drama ever and also i think a lot of people have said you know um um for young adult fiction it takes itself very seriously like it's not yeah. like 
typical high school angsty stuff like the monsters do represent your inner angst in a way and she's like literally slaying her demons but um yeah. there's a lot of very real shit that happens there's a lot of emotional turmoil there um, is, and yeah. yeah there's a lot of real circumstances that these characters have to like overcome um and my favorite thing about the show is i just maybe this is just a general theme that i feel for stuff that came out in the 90s it was way more progressive in my view um especially for Joss Whedon like I think Joss Whedon stuff I, I have a special place in my heart for anything that he's done um or his team has done um there's real inclusivity on the show there's real diversity here there's not a lot of like forced situations happening um and so I did really appreciate that as well and a couple of reviews mentioned that as well so overall go watch Buffy on Amazon go watch Prime. Buffy go watch Buffy. <laughs> that's that's the that's the takeaway <laughs> That's the yeah, take that home. is the takeaway. <laughs> All right, so that's happening. Uh, enjoy, and see you in the next episode. 